Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church and the rest of our community who's joining us online. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And this is the Holy Spirit who's with us too. <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's episode, uh, sermon titled Vanity. Uh, Dave uh, is in the middle of his sermon series called Questions. Biblical questions. Biblical questions. Biblical questions. <laughs> questions I have a lot of. Um, and uh, this one... Um, what was the phrase? Hit me between the eyes? Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, what was your joke? You said people should duck. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. First service, a lot of people said that hit that yeah, uh, in responding to the sermon, that hit me between the eyes. And so I told the second service, well, maybe y'all should duck. <laughs> Kelly, what's a red dot in your forehead? Get it off. Get it off. Uh, uh, no, but I thought it was great. And so you you were coming out of Ecclesiastes this week, uh, mm-hmm. chapters one, mm-hmm. chapter one, uh, verses one through 11. Um, and before we get into it, I just want to say, I have like a love hate relationship with Ecclesiastes. Uh, anytime there's like biblical literature, right. That is, I feel like is very redundant. It like says one thing and that says the opposite. And it's like, okay, if I wanted to listen to Yoda, I go watch star Wars. Um, you know, but, uh, Dave made this palpable for me. Like I was like, Oh, that that's good. That, that makes sense. So if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Uh, the live stream, uh, and if not, just watch us, and, mm-hmm. and we'll unpack it. So, Dave, why don't you give us a little bit of the context, kind of unpack that a little bit for us. The context of the book of Ecclesiastes? Yeah, yeah, okay. this chapter, okay. these verses. Okay. Uh, so, Ecclesiastes is a, a book of wisdom, so the comparison to Yoda is, is very kind of uh, apropos there. Uh, we have <laughs> we have several wisdom books uh, uh, in in the Bible. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes are all considered um, a wisdom books. So, wisdom in the Bible is are, are is kind of moral teaching and how we are to live our lives. Mm. Uh, kind of helpful uh, hints. It's we tend to universalize it all, but it's not meant to be universalized. It's meant to be put in appropriate context, and you're considered wise if you can figure out the context that the wisdom is, is uh, the sayings are meant to be um, uh, used in. Uh, and then, so for the uh, uh, book of Ecclesiastes, uh, it's really kind of, it starts with the question, and, and it's worded kind of weird, how, uh, how, you know, why should I toil all the years, uh, you know, something <laughs> like that. Um, but really, the question is about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. It's about how do I find meaning in my life? What about my life and the way I'm living it is important? How does it make a difference? Uh, you know, kind of all of those things is, is what the, the book of Ecclesiastes is really all about. It mm-hmm. spends, uh, I think it's the first seven chapters. Um, uh, the, you know, the teacher, the one who's, who's, who's written the book, uh, kind of goes through in the first seven chapters and says, well, I've tried to find meaning in all of these different ways. And then he kind of lists them out. And then the the second half of the book uh, is is honing in on the answer. How right. Do we, how do we find meaning? Right. Uh, so you read it kind of in two halves. Uh, that helps kind of kind of make sense of the of the wisdom if you right. realize what's going on there. Love it, love it. Yeah, that's that's like me going, man. It could have been an email. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need eight chapters of you asking the same question just in different ways, but. But to be fair, like I'm totally joking, by the way. Um, you know, one of the things I love, right, is is Ecclesiastes, right? It comes at the beginning, gloves are off, and it's like, here's the question. Uh-huh. We're gonna ponder this whole time. We're just yes, like in verse what, three or four? Right. Yeah. And then uh 
one of the things I love about how it's written out is, like you said, there's answers that are not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Like the answers that this the writer is proposing do not fulfill a good answer to this right. question, right, right. the existential question of like, why are we here? What is our purpose? Um, so by the way, if you're listening and or watching this and you're asking yourself, why are we here? What is our purpose? Good news. We're going to answer that today. Uh, there, there's an honest-to-goodness answer, and, and, an it's honest, in, and it's in Ecclesiastes. Um, That's right. And so I, I want to, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this too, and before we get a little bit further, um, not to chase too many, too many rabbits today, but um, one of the things that I, I love about Ecclesiastes, this question being proposed and your breakdown in your sermon, right, is um, without getting into too much detail, uh this existential question, right, has been posed since people could think and articulate, like, why are we here and what mm-hmm. are we doing mm-hmm. and, and what is fulfilling? How do we get fulfillment? How do we understand purpose? And uh, it's funny to me how when I finally have some level of humility and I read stuff like this, I go, oh, that answer was given to me thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um and, and it's funny, right, because different cultures rise and fall, different cultures define what is good and what is acceptable to the common good. Um, and not to say that this is like a generic answer. It is not, it, it, but to me, it's like a timeless answer. Mm-hmm. And it is the only one, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that actually works. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should just do this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a book of wisdom. Um and I, I think what's funny is it's like, no, it's a book of what not to do. And then here's the answer of what you're supposed to do, uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let's talk a little bit about, I, I know I didn't pull up the list for you, which I had on your slide. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about what this teacher, uh, the examples that they give on things they've tried uh, yeah, to find fulfillment yeah. in. What are they, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love, uh, I think it's verse two, the the teacher says, uh, the line is vanity, vanity, all is vanity. So everything is just meaningless. Very Shakespearean. It, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I think Shakespeare probably learned a lot from Scripture. Fair. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, so he says it's all meaningless. And he says, you know, I've tried everything. Uh, and then he goes through a list. And I kind of translated the, you know, and it's in, uh, you know, the language of, of the teacher. Uh, and so it's flowery and stuff, but I said, well, what does this really mean? And I went through several verses there and I said, well, okay, well, this means, uh, busyness, you know, isn't that something that we struggle with today and still, still kind of deal with and, and wrestle with, you know, just being busy working all the time, mm-hmm. uh, in constant motion, no rest. Uh, you know, he talked about, uh, finding meaning in possessions, owning the world and, and you know, owning all the latest gadgets and toys and and stuff, mm-hmm. and I said, well, isn't this something that we mm-hmm. struggle with? And he says, and then he lists, you know, money, and he lists sex, and then he lists uh, buying a, a bigger house and having properties and having gardens and all stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is this is stuff that we still deal with today. And and so the the teacher says, um, you know, I've tried all of those things, and they're all vanity. You know, mm-hmm. coming out the other side after you try them, you're still have not found the meaning of life. No, mm. it can't be found in any of these things. Mm. Um, and it just, it, it, you know, when I created that, that slide, when I kind of did that, that work in the book, I was like, 
oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is stuff that not only is, you know, these are not modern day kind of problems that, that we've only invented in the last 20 years or mm-hmm. something or hundred years. I mean, this is part of human nature that we've struggled with since the beginning of time. Right. Um, and the, the, the teacher in Ecclesiastes is kind of laying it out. These, these things never provided meaning. They don't provide meaning. They never will. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that was, that was for me in, in the preparation of this, uh, for this message, that was the kind of the aha moment for me. Um, and the, and then the thread and said, so uh, it really started to, to make sense to me, uh, just how timeless, um, right. you know, this teaching really is. Right. Yeah. I, uh, uh, my favorite verse in Ecclesiastes, the one that I completely always quote out of context is, uh, nothing new under the sun. Like Kelly, mm-hmm. you should read the verse before that and after that. No, uh, this this works well, for me. Well, Self-confirming I mean, he uses bias. It over and over he and over does. again. It's, through a, it's throughout goes. the book. Under the sun. And, Anything under the sun. And I've always like gotten so much like peace from that. I'm like, okay, this isn't new. This isn't new. Like like this <laughs> doom and gloom new. thing is not new. This high is not new. This this thing is not surprising God right. because like it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's not new. It might be new for me. But it's not a new concept or a new thing or, or and all that. And that's when I say all that, that's not meant to be discouraging. Um, I think I use that more in the context of the backdrop of uh, I'm not abandoned. I'm not alone. Like mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. it, it, there was this thing for me once. It was like, oh, I can't surprise God because I get surprised a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think part of where this kind of correlates or relates to the writer of Ecclesiastes is. Okay, so what is the meaning of life? There's the question. Let me throw all these things at it in real time and tell you, here's all my experiences. And like, nada, don't, don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in the moment for a little bit, it's fulfilling and, and enjoyable. Um, but at some point, that runs out and either the hole's bigger um, or there's just this this emptiness that just obviously is not, is not filled. And so... Um, you know, I love that kind of, I don't want to say back and forth, but that dynamic that the, this teacher is, is proposing is, um, you know, I think this will go. If I do this, it'll go better. Or if I fill myself with these things or I occupy my time with these things, then it'll go. Mm-hmm. It'll be a finally, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll, mm-hmm. I'll get it and it'll mm-hmm. work. Um, and nada. Uh, which is just, um, I love. So let's talk a little bit about, then we've, we've talked a lot about what it's not. Come on, Dave, drop the wisdom on us. What's the <laughs> meaning of life, Dave? Oh, you, you skip to the very, I think it's the second to the last verse in the 12th chapter, the very <laughs> end of the book. That's the email. <laughs> That's the <laughs> and, and the teacher says the only place that uh, he has ever found meaning the only thing that really makes a difference is the love of God. Mm. Um, you know, again, he says it in in kind of the ecclesiastical language, but you read the the righteousness of God. You you read that and you say, "Oh, this means this is God loving me. This is uh, me following uh, the commandments, mm-hmm. um, the commandments that are um, uh, reducible to two. Um, Jesus says, you know, all of the law, all of the prophets, all of the world, all the meaning of life 
is summed up in loving God and loving your neighbor. Um, so it's knowing that you are loved mm-hmm. and loving in return. Right. Um, the meaning of life, uh, you know, it fits on a bumper sticker hard. Uh, <laughs> it takes a lifetime to, to figure out. Mm-hmm. It takes wisdom to know that that is the meaning of life, but that is ultimately um, where you find peace, where you find satisfaction, where you find meaning, where you find significance, mm-hmm. um, is knowing, first of all, that God loves you, mm-hmm. and then responding to that love by extending it to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it surprises me in my journeys um, the people I've met, how many people don't know that they are loved? That's really the beginning of finding the answer of uh, that brings you peace. Is knowing that you are loved. You're not. You're not too. Uh, you know. You're not too tall to be loved. <laughs> you're not too short to be loved. You're not too fat or short. Kings to be rise loved. up. <laughs> you, you know. You're not too too. Um, uh, pathetic mm-hmm. you're not you know there's there's no adjective there that can say you're beyond god's love mm-hmm. um, and until we kind of I, I think until we kind of figure that out then we're living this life of vanity mm-hmm. chasing all these other things and that's really what the the teacher in ecclesiastes is is pointing to and is trying to tell us right um our response then once we figure out or or, or it's revealed or we kind of uh, sense that or own that fact that we are indeed loved. Uh, it's only then that we can really respond in the type of love that we've received, mm-hmm. uh, and that's grace. Right. Right. That's that's the meaning of life. Right. So, I want to. Now you kind of touched on it there at the end. Um, so there was this quote you had in in the sermon, and I think this kind of what you're saying kind of leads us into this next point and essentially was to love, you have to be loved, mm-hmm. right? And um, why don't you kind of expand that a little bit into, I mean, that's a pretty self-explanatory quote, I know, but like softball here. Um, but what what exactly, or what are you kind of intending to mean when you say that? Like, what, what are you trying to, yeah. what point are you trying to get across? Yeah. One of the ways, kind of real life ways that has, it's been lived out or kind of helped me to really see this is in the prison ministry that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as part of the the Kairos Prison Ministry, uh, and if you're interested, let me know. <laughs> I can get you on a team. Um, if you're, uh, when we do this, part of the the ministry is we bring uh, uh, birthday cakes mm-hmm. out to all the participants that you know that we're we're talking to, ministering to. Right, and it's just a simple kind of cake, uh, and their their names are piped on, you know, with mm-hmm. icing. Nothing extraordinary. Um, but I guess it's about 70, 80% of these guys mm-hmm. that we're ministering to in prison, um, respond to that cake by saying, I've never had a birthday cake. Yeah. Think about what a birthday is. Uh, a birthday celebration, a birthday party is not celebrating any great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's not celebrating, you know, the passing of a test or or graduation or or kind of anything in life. It is simply celebrating that you've been alive, that you exist. 
mm-hmm. uh, and nothing more. Right. And that birthday celebration is one of the ways I think that we're taught that we are loved. Right. Um, and to see these guys who are in, uh, who have who have done all sorts of things, have chased this vanity, you know, to to some real tangible examples to, there. To, yeah. To, to the serious ends of the consequences. Earth. Yeah. 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 Um, and to hear that they've never had something as simple as a birthday cake uh, to celebrate that they are loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a dotted line there, maybe a direct line of, of what's what's happening and what the meaning of love and how important it is in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, that to first, you, you have to know that you're loved. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can you can learn how to love others. Right. Right. I think um, for me, why that's such an important context. So I'm the, I'm the what? What's my joke? Not totally self-deprecating. I'm just I, I have enough understanding of scripture to like not be good about it, but to be dangerous. Um, and so like the greatest commandment, right? Like Jesus says, love the Lord your God with everything you are, everything that you have, heart, mind, body, soul, strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so because I'm me, I always rearrange it. Um. So like and and yeah, you know, I used to get in trouble for this, but I, I think it's pretty theologically sound. It's it's God, then you, and then everybody else. And you know, in my in my journeys with people, whether that's right or wrong or indifferent, it works for me. Um, is there's always this fear, right, that I come in contact with a lot of if I love myself, then I'm being selfish. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right, it's it's the fear of like you're already you're already like calculating something that doesn't exist, right? Like you're already like disqualifying yourself from something that is is like literally the blueprint of what it means to like exist, right? Um, so like why why are we so terrified of like being good to ourselves? Because God loves us, and and God says we have inherent worth and value, and you know, we're created in the image of our creator and, and we need to live and treat ourselves as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and vanity, the answer I've come to, which I think kind of aligns with the writer of Ecclesiastes, is um, that's one of the most critical things to doing the other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why, not to say that societies and cultures are engineered or designed, I don't think there's all these alternative ulterior motives. Um, but when I think about okay what is what is the consequence or what is what are the things that I want to have happen and if there was something in me or sin or difficulty or whatever you want to call it was trying to derail me from getting there where would I focus my attention and my time well I would try to get me to not like me I would try to get me to discredit disqualify isolate be alone not value myself because um you know, I'll bring my grandfather into this. So my grandfather had this quote because, you know, wise, like Ecclesiastes person, and he would say this all the time, and it wasn't until I was way older that it finally clicked, and he, was, he would tell me, like, Kelly, you cannot give anybody anything you do not currently have. And he meant that not in a physical good sense. He meant that in a, like, self-love sense, and I was like, huh? I mean, I love serving people. I love helping people, right? But I wouldn't do it from a a stance of like, I love myself. I would do it from all of my purpose and my meaning and my value came from the service of other people. 
and it was not fulfilling. It was vanity, right? And so I think that to this point, the love of God includes self as it includes others. They are not, they are not independent of one another. Uh, they are not um, more or less important than one another, right? And this is kind of where I think that fear of like being selfish comes in. Everybody goes like, well, if I love myself so much and I spend all this time on me, then there's not going to be anything left for other people. And I go, what are you talking? Like, no, of course, like the love that you like that God has for you as it shines in you and you work through that for yourself and the way you see other people, the consequence of that is that other people have worth and value. Amen. And when you have grace for yourself, as God has grace for you, you start to have grace for other people. This is why Paul writes all the time, right, about like, man, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And I go, you know, like, yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You've <laughs> um, done some jacked up stuff, man, but I can think of people who've done, like, for my own assessment, way worse than you. Um, you know, but that's not the point. The point is, is that, like, as, you know, Paul comes in contact with a loving God who has forgiven him, Paul then spends the rest of his life trying to right those wrongs. Mm. He becomes very aware of the people who, like, right? Like, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's like, oh, I'm persecuting God. That's not good. I should probably stop. And so you're talking about a prison ministry, and you're talking about a birthday. You're talking about something really tangible that's intentional. It's a word I use to describe God a lot, because mm-hmm. I think God's a very intentional God. And I think sometimes I forget that, like, not only does God always have time for me, God wants to spend time with me. God likes me. And I'll tell you, Dave, when I'm living that way, man, I'm so much better at loving other people. Mm-hmm. By design. <laughs> it's the way the world works. <laughs> it's the way that love works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I want to I want to propose this to you uh, because I think okay. uh, uh, I just want to add this. Um, I think it takes like humility, right? That's hard because mm-hmm. the way we understand, like we've all lived lives, right, where we get hurt or we get wounded, and so we become self dependent. Like this guy in Ecclesiastes or person, whoever the author is, is self reliant. Well, if I have this, then this will be good. Or if I do this, right? And I'm sure, like, you have um, just a little bit more experience than me. I almost said a lot more, like, motion to all of me. But, right, like, is that, that's probably been part of the course in your experience, too, right? It's like when we, when we really just kind of submit and humble ourselves before God and go, God, you love me. Mm-hmm. It goes better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we get to release all of that anxiety. We get to release all of that that fear and those things that keep us from that love mm. and keep us from loving our neighbor. Uh, you know, when we take that attitude, um, we, j- we get to drop all that baggage. Um, that is, as the teacher says, is it's all vanity. We get to drop that and we get to live the life of peace, wholeness, completeness, meaningful, um, sustaining, um, life that God intends for us to live. Mm. But yeah, so so humility means we drop all of that stuff that is vanity anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that is meaningless anyway, uh, and we get to the real heart of the matter, of, of what it means to live a life well lived. 
Yeah. So, if you're listening still, <laughs> notes are uh, go to God and uh, let God love you. Step one. Step one. <laughs> Meaning of life is uh, be loved by God. Mm-hmm. Cool. Out of that love, learn how to love yourself better in that spirit and in turn love others well. Mm-hmm. Good job, man. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a, a to-do list. Yes. It's, it's a natural kind of progression mm-hmm. um, that plays itself out. Um, it's not a, oh, I've got to go do this kind of mm-hmm. things. It's it's that natural, it's what happens, the, the natural progression, um, once we kind of can sense, feel, be part of that love, um, that the loving of neighbor will come. Yeah. Uh, final thought, this is the only thing I'll add, because I'm just, you made me think of this, is um, uh, God is with you where you're at, not where you think you should be. Um. I think people get so confused. I get confused too, where it's like, I got to go somewhere. I got to do something before God's going to like be with me or love me. And vanity. It's not how this works. I mean, I think the gospels are pretty clear on like, what lengths is God willing to go through to get to us, Mm -hmm. to give us an opportunity to understand that we're loved. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, nothing. You will, you will do anything up until this. So wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, um, we're talking about humility in the context of not that there's something wrong with you or you're bad. It's that you are created with an intentional purpose to be with God and to be loved by God. So receive that, accept mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. work on that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and let God do it. And then go from there. Amen. Closing thought? Uh, yeah, just if any anyone out there, if if you feel the Holy Spirit kind of tugging on you, if, mm-hmm. if there's something in here uh, that we've said that kind of strikes a chord within you, um, and you want to kind of follow that up, uh, give us a, you know, drop us an email, contact us, mm-hmm. um, and we'd be happy to kind of chase that thread with you and to to follow through and to to talk more about love and how it is that it makes the world go round. Um, so if 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 you've got some kind of nudge happening in your life, uh, uh, don't just walk away. Uh, follow through with that, and and you know either one of us would would just mm-hmm. be honored to kind of walk that journey with you. So don't don't be hesitant um, to to drop us a line or to contact us. Amen, brother. Amen, Pastor Kelly, and I'm Pastor Dave, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>